and welcome once again to the Moore and Connolly Football Show, the podcast that gives you your fix of the NFL with a little added je ne sais quoi. Trying to get very Thierry Henry with that, but I'm still struggling. A uh, big shout out as always to the Gridiron family of which we call ourselves a part and proud to be so. My name is Tom Moore, your humble host, talking nonsense since 1986. And joining me as always is the godfather of the family. It's Ollie to the C-O-N-N-O-L-L-Y. It's a Connolly Meister. Ollie, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm hanging in there. I would like to make a public apology for what one might determine a grouchy mood last week, but I feel I'm feeling stirred in my football loins for our conversation this week. Wow. Okay. I don't want to imagine your loins. Also, I think you hold it in. So when the record button hits, oh, really? your 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 perfect media personality comes out. The record button stops, and you're like, "Oh, for <laughs> sake." <laughs> Which is the kind of balance that you want from a host, isn't it? Anyway, so on today's show, ladies and gentlemen, so so glad you could join us. Um, we're going to hit up the NFL headlines again, and these are the future headlines. Next week's headlines, based on what we think is going to happen in this week of the NFL. We're then going to hit up the game show for this week, which I'm really excited about this one, Ollie, because it's really basic, which means I have a chance of beating you. Is right. the price is right around statistics. Ooh. Some higher, some lower. Some can we guess the right numbers, Ollie? It's good, as you say, statistics, statistics. They help level the playing field in these games. Then we'll go to a little taste of Ireland, and then we'll wrap up the show after that. Ollie, how's that for a slice of fried gold? Sounds very fun. I can't wait. That's what I'm talking about. Now, before we get into it, Ollie, you know, we did story time with Tom last week. Yeah. I've got another one for you. Exciting. Okay, let's do story time with Tom. Now, I work for a rather large organization. Now, I'm obviously going to get, not go into detail about what it is. Now, this organization has offices all around the country. Now, as you know, Ollie, I am Nottingham-based. I am a Nottinghamian and proud of it. Now, in the cafeteria in my building, you go down there and the prices, you know, the kind of type, they're extortionate, aren't they? It's like oh. being at a petrol station or, you know, <laughs> off, off the motorway. Yeah, it's like five quid for a sandwich, right? Okay. I go down to one of the London offices today, right? And there is a cafeteria there, which is clearly subsidized. Now, if I was thinking subsidy, Ollie, I was thinking <laughs> maybe, you know, a sandwich in London, which would cost you six quid, would cost you £2.50, maybe three quid, right? Do you want to know how much this subsidized sandwich, which I tell you what, was delightful. Do you want to know how much it cost? Go ahead. £1.43. Whoa. In London. Whoa. And I am in the same organization. Uh And I have to be, if I want to go and get a similar sandwich in Nottingham or anywhere else for that matter, I'm going to be paying over the odds. Now, you tell me I'm not overreacting when I think that is absolutely scandalous. You're going to bring out my innate north-south divide here, and I don't in any way want to trouble our listeners with that. It's part of what made me laugh about Todd Bowley's suggestion that there should be a Premier League All-Star game where they split it north and south. It's like, I don't think you want to open that box at a live football <laughs> event. <laughs> it's going to bring us back to a War of the Roses type situation in the middle of in middle England. It's, it's It would be... A terrible thing to do. It's, yeah, it's like Lancashire, Yorkshire. You don't miss, mess, you don't mix the two counties. Um, it's like north, south, north, south would be a very bad idea. But Ollie, I'm, I'm, I'm fair to be outraged, right? Fair to be outraged. I'm, st- I really thought that was leading up to one of those ones where it was like a five, ten p subsidy, and it was the company claiming they were doing something to help you, but it was still a ten pound London sandwich. That, I mean, I wouldn't eat anywhere else if there was that level of subsidy. I'd be there for breakfast, saying good morning, and I would be the last person to leave, saying good night. I know, man. It's, and I got a banana as well. And this banana was like double the size of a normal banana. I mean, honestly, it was huge. I've never seen such a banana. The kind of bananas that King Kong would eat. Anyway, I am outraged. Right. Let's move on to the headlines. 
So, Ollie, let's fire through these and we will go back and forth between you and I, suggesting what we think the headline is going to be on Monday or Tuesday morning when they hit the uh, the newspapers. What do they hit the presses? The do still have presses? They'll have presses, man. Yeah. Okay. They are having, have... I will say, as a, as a uh, managing editor of a magazine, a uh, difficult time for the presses. <laughs> They're having a difficult <laughs> time. It's a difficult time for the presses. Let's uh, not get the presses upset. Okay. I'm going to hit you with my first headline, Ollie, and it is this. Steelers rescued by King Kenny. Pickett comes in for a bench Trubisky. Oh, yes. And digs the Steelers out of a hole versus the Jets of all teams for the W. Now, that, Ollie, I think is coming. Whether it's this week or mm-hmm. next week, I think this is coming, my friend. It's a decent one. I mean, just in terms of, uh, as, uh, again, as an editor writing headlines, I probably book King Kenny comes to the rescue just a little bit cleaner there. Um Ugh. It's, it, this is a tough one. I think that, look, Trubisky has not been good. That offense is horrific. Um, you know, they've got really good playmakers on the perimeter, obviously. Johnson, they've got Pickens, they've got Harris, who just thumps his head into a concrete wall 20 times a game in that <laughs> offense. And, and they get to a wider scale point that I have just been bemoaning for a long time now and that, that I've written about a lot the last couple of weeks. You know, they motion more than any offense in the league. They shift more than any offense in the league. It's that Matt Kanda confuse and clobber is what he calls it. But there's a reason the Man's worked something like 20 jobs in 21 years, right? This is the longest he's ever been anywhere for a long time. One is personality-based stuff in college. And two is, you know, if motion and shifting alone were important, they would be renaming the Lombardi Trophy after this guy, right? We've we've been conditioned because McVeigh and Shanahan and all these guys and kind of the commentary I'm in, which is the scheme-based nerd writers, right? That if you're higher up the leaderboard of the motion rate, that guy is automatically intelligent. He's a genius. They create matchup advantages. You have to have a point to the motion and they motion a move more pointlessly than anyone in the nfl and so they end up just running these really banal bland plays having tried to freak out defense who just stand there still saying we know all this is irrelevant and inconsequential to the actual play um so it's it's just a disaster but i do have to say and i've been really really hard on kenny pickett throughout the pre-draft process so i will not continue that until we've seen him play in the nfl i don't think that's fair but there should be a decent question mark about what does that look like in practice if Mike Tomlin, who isn't a guy who wants to lose, this isn't a case of let's hide the guy for next season, right? The guy is talking about ripping his own players' eyeballs out so they can't blink, right? So I don't think <laughs> I don't think he's concerned about losing. What does that look like in practice for him to say our best chance each and every week is Kenny Pickett's, uh, is, sorry, Mitch Trubisky scoring 16 points? Yeah, it's going to be, I think this is coming with Pickett. And uh, in terms of you know, pointless motion just makes me think of Notts County, but I'll move on from that. You, you, you taught me a new word, Ollie. Commentariat. Mm-hmm. Yes. So is that is that like a Hamza's um, football cognoscente, or is it different? Uh, cognoscente would be would that be that be an individual? That'd be a standalone person. That you know, uh, the commentariat is almost like the intelligentsia, but you remove any sense of they might be above. It's just the it's just a a babble of noise. The commentariat is the collective discourse of writers and talkers whereas intelligentsia is the kind of uh upper echelon of those people who are considered amongst their peers to be the top bananas so is it something like the zeitgeist almost yeah the zeitgeist i think would include also the general public would the zeitgeist be produced by the commentariat I think the the commentary have a large say over the zeitgeist and possibly the discourse, but I think the zeitgeist is almost like this ephemeral thing where it's just out there in the public consciousness, so it's a part of the zeitgeist. For instance, Marilyn Monroe, 
back in the zeitgeist because of the movie Blonde on Netflix. But that was not because <laughs> of the commentaria. Netflix commissioned a terrible film, and therefore she's back in the zeitgeist with the general public. Wow. I learned something new every week, and I hope you listeners too as, do as well. You can always get in touch with us and help us to explain these top, topical uh, points by hitting us up mcfsquestions at gmail.com questions whatever it was please get in touch with us uh, ollie give me your first headline we need to talk about justin fields okay now that's interesting because i, I love talking about justin fields first of all he's got a very small head i think proportionally for his body um uh, and i love when he runs but i don't like when he throws the ball <laughs> You and seemingly everyone in the Chicago Bears organization, <laughs> which is confusing. And they're playing the, the the Giants, and maybe he comes out and lights them up. That's possible. But having watched every snap of his this week, it's getting to a pretty concerning point. And I think we can all acknowledge and accept that they dealt him a really shitty hand in the offseason, right? That this mm-hmm. new this new GM head coach clearly either don't believe in him or aren't that fussed about finding out whether they can be bothered to believe in him, right? Yeah. They obviously kneecapped him with the receiver position. The offensive line's a bit of a joke, but they've played better than I anticipated, to be honest. And as your man Cole Komet is essentially his top target. But I do think two things can be true at once where both they have dealt him a bad hand and he's played poorly. Um, and it comes down, I think, essentially to the matter of trust both with himself and then with the the offensive staff towards him they they just do not allow him at any point in the game to kind of naturally drive the ball down the field and anyone who liked Justin Fields coming out of college and I count myself among them the whole point of his game was he made instant decisions really hard instant decisions by the way and he drove the ball down the field unbelievably well and with precision not just accuracy reading leverage all that kind of stuff that doesn't really matter in the college game you just throw it to open guys he was unbelievable deep ball thrower um in college and they just never allow him to say hit the back foot get the ball out if it's a deeper throw it's the third read it's the fourth read it's maybe some kind of takeoff thing where he's having a quick read and maybe letting it go but there's just none of that in the structure and then when it's in there he's either missing which is a problem right you know he's not going to earn the trust if he misses you can see the interception from last week he overthrows the ball by by 10 yards pretty basic timing concept in the nfl he whiffs in the worst possible way and then there's a ton of wide open throws that he just is refusing to take most notably along the sideline because i just don't think he trusts any of it he certainly doesn't trust his eyes because he will read something the first time not let it go and then move his eyes around in kind of panic mode and try to come back to the first read that he was like oh that was open wasn't it that's totally fine in college in the nfl absolutely no chance so it's getting to a pretty concerning point with him in terms of is he the player I thought he could be. I would just really, really love to see him in another spot. Yeah, I agree with that, Ollie. But I actually think they'll win this weekend. So I think we'll be still be talking about Justin Fields. But I think they get the W this weekend. Right, I'm going to leave you my next headline, Ollie, as we cycle through these. Right, okay. Now I've put myself in your shoes. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking like an editor, and so I'm going to try and come up with some kind of pun, but not too terrible. So it goes like this: It goes, LV craps out because the casinos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah. Raiders moved hey. to zero and four. Hey. Yeah, yeah. As Russell Wilson throws four TDs in a stellar road performance by the Broncos, I just, I just see it for some reason. It's like a a train crash or a car you just can't stop looking at, and I feel like it's it's only going to get worse. What's really discombobulating mm-hmm. is that Josh McDaniels and Mark Davis. Did you see this this week? That, that apparently immediately after the game they had, I can't remember the exact phrasing. I think it was lengthy. They said they had they had a lengthy closed door meeting, 
after falling to 0-3. And I should say that only one team in the last two decades has made the playoffs after falling to 0-3. And it was the the Texans in one of those really shitty 2018. And when the South would send someone there with like seven and nine record. So the South will come again. Yeah, Yeah. it'll be shit. (laughs) So it was one of those. I think it was the 2018 Texans. I could have that that fact wrong, but I think that's correct. Anyway, it's only been those teams. And yes, the playoff field has obviously, you know, it's bigger now than it was um, over all of those two decades. But not everyone was playing in the AFC West with Mahomes, Herbert and Russell Wilson, obviously. Mm -hmm. So, um. So they have that lengthy conversation. It, it, it's really out of character for Mark Davis. Mark Davis like is zombified in terms of like panicking decisions. He is happy to say, oh, it's bad. Let's just give it two more years. Let's just see. how. Is it bad enough that my general manager and owner are embroiled in a racist scandal? No? Okay, let's just keep cra- trying for another year. The definition of him is that meme where their dog is sat on that rocking chair in front of that <laughs> house that's on fire going, this is fine. <laughs> And and Mark Davis, I will say, you know, I remember we were doing this like what eight, eight, seven, six years ago, and I'd always say, remind you, like they have no cash. It's like the great yep. thing about the Raiders; they don't have any actual money on hand. It's all equity in the franchise. That's the family business. Is the franchise since they moved to Vegas? You know, it's been unbelievable business for Mark Davis. Um, he's, he's done a great job there in terms of building that stadium and stuff. So I think he has more cash now, but that was always a consideration. He's like, well, I can't fire the guy. I don't have any money. <laughs> so that's a problem. And I still think he has those um, those tendencies. So it, it's confusing to me to see him kind of get pretty concerned pretty fast that the whole season's over when I think that the Devontae Adams trade for kind of the 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 general vibe of the team out there masqueraded what was a defense that was going through a complete overhaul that will take multiple years to get even close to being right and by some distance the poorest offensive line league on paper at least really battling with chicago for like intentionally bad let's sabotage ourselves and as good as renfro waller adams are and those guys haven't all been healthy at the same time it just it just limits you so much and they've had close games so it's a little bit unfair but um yeah i that that one is feel strange earlier than i expected to and this is josh mcdaniels who makes every environment he's in feel pretty strange and yet somehow it feels stranger than i expected there's something going on with josh mcdaniels behind closed doors like he's got you know a foot fetish or something you know he kisses <laughs> horse or he kisses horses or something do you know what i mean there's something weird about that guy that we all just don't know and if i was mark davis and i woke up every day with that haircut and looked in the mirror first thing in the morning i'd just be generally concerned as well um can i give you a, fun, I give you a fun fact on that haircut i would love it do you want to know what the round trip is that Mark Davis makes to get that haircut? Oh, Jesus Christ. What is it? 800 miles. Where does he go? Um, I mean, I don't know. I know to a beaver in Canada <laughs> who chews it with his teeth. Would you not go 800 miles to avoid that haircut at all costs? I would. I'd just go down the road to the barber shop. You know, and that's too bloody far. Anyway, let's keep this trainer moving, Ollie, because I'm really looking forward to our game show. Give me your second headline. Run over and out. <gasps> run over. No. Did I get that right? Yeah, run over and out. Um, Washington suffered an embarrassing loss to the Cooper Rush-led Cowboys, and that puts Ron Rivera firmly on the hottest of hot seats. But he's not. They, they wouldn't. It's too early to get rid of Ron Rivera. No, but what, no, are, you, no. are you suggesting, though, that it is inevitable this season? Not inevitable, but no one talk. Everyone likes Ron Rivera, and this is part of the reason he was hired there. One unbelievable coach, unbelievable defensive coach, who I do not know for the life of me 
why he entrusted everything with the defense to um, Jack Del Rio. I get their buddies and all that stuff. And I'm not even talking about the off the field. Nonsense. Is that guy still knocking around? Yep, he's still knocking around, still making questionable public statements, all that kind of stuff. Well, he had so much more say over the offense. It's funny, Sean McDermott, who is probably the best week-to-week defensive coach in the NFL now, right? He was Ron Rivera's defensive coordinator. But when Ron Rivera and Sean McDermott were together, Ron Rivera was basically coordinating running the defense on a week-to-week basis. So it's kind of unusual because now he's flipped it and given it to the bad one. It's like he's handed over power to the guy who was bad when he kept the power for himself when the guy was really good. So it's, a, it's slightly unusual. Um, and everyone likes Ron Rivera, obviously, like I said. And he's the perfect face for franchise. And he was hired in part with Washington to be the meat shield for all the shite going on with the ownership situation. Um, but it's just so many bad decisions, not correcting the defense, keeping Del Rio, chasing the quarterback, sending assets out for Carson Wentz. And maybe it's so bad upstairs and behind him and all the congressional investigations and all that's going on that he's not truly on the hot seat. But I do think it would be fair to start asking questions like, "What? where is this going? Already he's getting tetchy at the notion that they didn't trade for Garoppolo and they chose Wentz and paid a pretty significant price for him. Mm-hmm. It was not like it was a throwaway and they took the gamble. Um, so, yeah, I... I like Rivera too. I would not like him to lose the job. I'd rather they change ownership and kept him around. Um, but I do think people start looking around and going, hang on, that record's not very good. They're probably not going to make the playoffs if they can't beat the Cooper Rush-led Cowboys. Um, and, and questions will start being asked. Yeah, change the ownership or change the uh, change the head coach. We all know the way that usually works. Let's, let's go for two more, Ollie. One more each and let's uh, hit these fast. So I'm going to give you another great headline, Ollie, and I know you can, you'll be able to see quite clearly the talent that I possess when I share this one with you. Lions pride. Subtext. Detroit send the Seahawks packing with a convincing win at home. I am starting to feel that the Lions are, are, are about to have a game where like it all comes together. Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, I think they're seventh in the league in EPA per play on offense. That they've been really explosive. Jared Goff is okay, which is way better than Jared Goff has been for a couple of years now. Yep. And their issues have been defensively. They are the worst defense in the league right now. Um dead last in red zone rate, dead last in points per game. I think they're conceding 31 points per game. It's some crazy figure. And in close games, if they can just squeeze 5% extra out of a defense that has more assignments blown and coverage bust than any defense since the Ravens last year when that was just like a group of guys who didn't know each other week to week because of the number of injuries they had, it's really bizarre how bad they are defensively on the back end. If they can just tighten up 5% and you drop that to 28 points, which is horrific anyway, then you're looking at winning one score games where right now they've been they've been losing them. Can't wait to see this. As an NFC North supporter as well, it's weird, Ollie, but I don't have any animosity towards the the Lions. You know, no animosity at all. So I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing them. You know, get some more W's. Kind of like the Fay, the way I think the whole league feels about Jacksonville. No one's got anything against Jacksonville. You know, let's see the Jags do it. My next door neighbor's a Jacksonville fan, as it happens. You know, I feel bad for him. I bought him some cake the other day. It was, it was sad. Uh, Ollie, give me your your final headline. Uh, Steve Bishotti offers Lamar Jackson his seat on the rich elite's escape rocket to Mars after Jackson turns down a fully guaranteed $300 million deal. Oh, wow. Ollie, now, first of all, I have to address Steve's name because I always think it's Steve Biscotti, and I just think he always has a biscuit kingdom. Clearly not. Now, let's delve into this a little bit more because the whole Lamar Jackson saga is absolutely fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the thing for Lamar is, and he's played this really well, is, you know, there's a situation where he could be tagged twice. I don't think that would actually happen. I think he would force a trade rather than get tagged. 
even if he was tagged, if you look at where the TV money is going, some of the ownership situations around the league, where you've got David Tepper in Carolina, one of the richest guys on earth, desperate for a quarterback, right? You've got Jerry, obviously. You've got Stan Kroenke with the Rams and Matthew Stafford's getting older. You've got whoever's going to wind up buying the Seattle team. The NFL kind of ownership structure is changing where all those old legacy families, now it's like who's got $7 billion on hand, right, to pay cash for a franchise. The, the, I know the Waltons bought the, the one, that's kind of old legacy money too, but they weren't in, interested in kind of the consortium deal. Remember when all those other owners were, were floated around and it was like mm. a really famous and 12 people? They just want cash. Who's got cash? And there's about 40 people on earth with the willingness to, to do that, right? It's Bezos, it's all those guys. So someone's going to buy that Seattle franchise who is richer than anyone alive and be looking around and saying, I would like to have Lamar Jackson on my football team. So even if he's 60% of the player he is, in a couple of years' times, whether he, he goes through the tags or not, someone, Jerry, one of these guys who has more money than mm. sense is getting older or is new to the game is going to pay him the, the richest contract in the history of professional sports. Without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, the guy is an absolute baller, Ollie. I mean, it's I love watching Lamar Jackson play football. It's an absolute delight. So I, I just, I don't want it to end up down this tag route. It just feels right, really sad, you know? Yeah, and I... I I like that he's bet on himself in this way and just kind of stuck two fingers up to the traditional process. That's quite fun. I just really mm -hmm. hope he doesn't get hurt, you know, like everyone else. That would just be an, an awful situation. But honestly, even if he did at this point, like I said, if he came back and he was 56% of himself, I think owners would throw all of the money in the world at him still. I don't think it would massively impact his, his value. No, I agree. Unless he like lost a limb in a freak yachting accident, that even that would be then, different. Even then, Tepper Tepper took Baker Mayfield. You know, <laughs> okay, fair enough. You know what's fascinating? We'll close the headlines here, Ollie. Is that I just uh, the Ravens, the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Bucks, right? Four mm. big teams going into this year. Two of them are going to be two and two. It's not really a headline. It's just an interesting observation at this point. And hey, it's four right. games in, but. Can I make a, another interesting Lamar point? Just because I, I I found these stats that I, that I adore. Lamar, I Jackson, love it. Give it me. He currently accounts for eighty five point four percent of the Ravens' offense. As close as close to hundred as we'll ever see. He has more touchdowns this season than any team other than the Lions on his lonesome. I mean, talk about betting on yourself. Like we said, I just cannot imagine Steve Bishotti's face every time he does Lamar Jackson things. It's like, oh my god. And they lowballed him in a genuinely offensive way. Mm. When it could have been over and done, you know, four years fully guaranteed or even just match the Deshaun one um, at that at that rate. That's what he was asking for. I mean, just do it. It's like, what, what else would do with the money? One of the youngest ever MVPs? Was he the youngest yeah. ever MVP? Yeah. Jeez, come on, man. Anyway, yeah, sort yourself out, Steve Biscuit. Right. <laughs> Ollie, great headlines. I love it. I, you know, I think we did pretty well last week. We actually got quite a lot of things right. Not everything, because we don't claim to be clairvoyant, but we got quite a lot right. So I, I'm, I've got high expectations for this week. Let's throw it to the game show. Ollie, it is now time to bring in the man who's been with us all along, but he is our hostess with the mostess when it comes to the game show. It's our producer. It's Stereo Mike. Stereo Mike, how you doing? Uh, how's it going, lads? Hostess with the mostess, very. Uh, well, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't feel like host with the most. I, I feel like I've got to go with hostess with the mostess. It's 
Mugland. I like it. I like it, and I love the uh, I love the headlines, especially that uh, three hundred million dollar one on Lamar Jackson. <laughs> so, Tom, would you, that take, was great. would you take a three hundred million dollar fully guaranteed contract now, or would you take the the flight to Mars from the from the coastal elite? I don't want to go. To, who wants to go to Mars? It can't sustain life. What kind of a bonkers comment is that? Well, I'm just saying, I'm, this clearly seems to be when you see the fact that the world is burning down from the inside out and Bezos <laughs> and uh, Mr. Tesla are building themselves rocket ships, it doesn't take uh, an awful long leap to figure out what the uh, what the grand plan is. Even if it's basically for them like a just-in-case-of-emergency button is that they can get off the Earth. So well, I think you put two and two together and got fish, Ollie, to quote a famous movie. Because at the end of the day, even if they did get to Mars, how are they going to sustain themselves? They need to terraform. They need... The whole Mars's atmosphere is burned off because essentially what is happening to the Earth in the greenhouse effect happened in Mars millions of years ago. So Mars is an example. Or is that Venus? One of them, Ollie. Is... <laughs> I'll have to go back to my Brian Cox documentaries and figure it out. Anyway, we digress. Mike, I want you to come in now and lay down what is going on with the game show today. And can I just say in five seconds that it might take us $300 million to put the internet and the heat and the electric on for the show next week, the way that the UK is going at the minute. So oh had to God. put it in there. That was a joke. It's supposed to be funny. We're going to play the, pli- the, the price. <laughs> the price is right. NFL edition. I'm just going to say the words now. Come on down. We're all down. It's a Zoom call. It's a bit of crack. So uh, basically what we're going to do is we're going to have three different rounds. There's going to be a couple of rounds where it's Tom versus Ollie. And the first round is where you're sort of, it's single. So, for example, uh, the first round is where we're going to guess quarterback yardage in week Ooh. one. Ooh. So the person that gets the closest guess wins. There's five options. So best of five. And then that person goes one nil up or you know this whatever. A, uh, and then a, it's best of three. Is this a closest without going over situation or is this a closest irrespective of above or below? Uh, so for the first for the first round, it's whoever's clo- as, as close as possible to, to, to the yardage. The second and third rounds are higher or lower. So it's a bit easier. Now, I think this this I think what we have to do, Ollie, to make sure we don't cheat is we have to write down our answer and show it to Mike. Up. Put put your hands up so you're not typing as well. That's the uh... yeah. So no, but in terms of because <laughs> I because if, if Mike goes to me first and says, Tom, what's your answer? And I go 277 yards, and Ollie, then you've got the opportunity to go 278 or 276. So you've got to write down your answer and be honest. It's an honor system. That's a good, that's a really good way. Uh, and look, Ollie, there's no games from 1965. It's week one this season. So, uh, and, and I, I will give you the final score as well, even though it's only two or three weeks ago. It's funny because it. you, you look back on some games from week one, and you go, Jesus, right enough, that was like three weeks ago and I forgot that that team got destroyed. So it uh, should be good. Right. I am so ready for this, Mike. Ollie, make sure you've got your pen so we can verify that you're not cheating. Mike, take yeah, it away. Week one had Russell Wilson going up against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, mm-hmm. How many passing yards did he have? Oh, go for it! Hang on, I'm writing it. I'm writing mine down. T- tell me, Ollie, when you've written yours down. I've written mine down. Okay, I've written 221. I've written 167. Oh, the answer is 340 passing yards. Fuck me! And they lost that game. They did do. That's incredible. Uh, well, at the shot players, yeah, no, yeah, fair enough. So, Ollie, I think what that tells you is that you can judge somebody's yardage by what the result was, but that could tell you a lie. So you need to consider that for the rest of the game. I will consider it. Excelsior. Aaron Rodgers in week one against Minnesota. That game where Green Bay were absolutely shocking, lads. Oh, okay. I've got an answer. Okay. 
I got an answer. Go for it, gents. Go Packers, man. I've gone for 179. I've gone for 222. Oh, Christ. Hold on. What's the answer, Mike? Well, the answer answer is 195, but like, I don't GCSE Mars 13 years ago. I've won that again. That's Tom, yeah. I knew I thought it was in the hundreds. This is really impressive, lads, how close these were. Okay, this is going to be a good crack. Trey Lance against Chicago in week one. Oh, we <laughs> That won. game in the rain uh, where Ollie went viral on social media with his posting on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when he lost 19-10. Ooh. Okay. Oh, was it as bad as... I think it's, I think it's going to be more than you think. Ollie. I think that's what I'm thinking. It was, a, it was a literal monsoon. Ah, oh, and then they were chasing the game. Oh, can is it in the? Oh, I hate myself. I hate life. No, you don't. It's grand. Mm. <laughs> okay, I'm going with two o one, and I know it's in the hundreds. I've written two o one. No, <laughs> Ach, lads. What is it, lads? It's one hundred and sixty four. Wow, wow. Um, that is incredible. So it's 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 a tie then, so we just don't count that. Now, if, if this was say it was one one there, I'd yeah. be screwed. But it's not, so it's all good. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Joe Flacco um against Baltimore in week one. And uh, that is one. when Didn't he throw... the Jets lost 24-9 against Yeah, and he was he was on his ass the entire game. <laughs> I still think he have you seen how many pass attempts Joe Flacco was attempting this season? He's like leading the league. And I know they're being behind in games, but Joe Flacco's averaging like 50 dropbacks a game and he's Joe Flacco and he's 70? I think he's creaking. I was going to pick them to win against Cleveland this weekend and then Zach Wilson starting. So it's like... I've gone for a number. Again, I know it's wrong, but it's right in my heart because I know how he's played the two weeks afterwards. Gets the calculator right. Go on then, Ollie. (laughs) I've gone for 400. 400. I've gone for 157. Ooh. Ollie's uh, Ollie's one. It's three hundred and nine. What? Nice. So it's two right, one. With, it's two one. It's with two one, one, one more to go, but yeah. I might have to get a like a what's that word called? Tiebreaker. <laughs> Tiebreaker. Tie yeah. Uh, right. Baker Mayfield versus Cleveland week one. That was a really good game. Lost twenty six twenty four. It was the last last second field goal. God, Ollie, that seems like a lifetime ago, man. No, that seems forever ago. I have no idea on that one. And Baker's been so bad. Um. Oh, I'm locked in. I'm locked in. All right. Um, okay. Um, higher or lower? Okay, higher. Two, five, eight. Ooh, I've gone for three, three, seven. <laughs> Panic in Michael's face. Ollie's yeah. one. <laughs> what was it? What was it? Two hundred and thirty. 235 passing yards, which means we're going to a tiebreaker and we're going to go to week one. Dak Prescott against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm sorry, we have to. So I was 2 0 up and I might lose this. I I don't think you should realize the odds if you actually have the same answer in the middle. Like that is insane. That was insane. (laughs) (laughs) What, what, What was the score in this game? So two right. two and there's now a tie break. So uh, no 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 no. What was the score in the game between? Oh sorry, the uh, sorry. Apologies. Nineteen to three for, for Tampa Bay. Move the ball, but Dak throws an insane amount. Has Dak played since? There's Michael's uh, yeah. I've awful, got I've got my awful answer. clue of the week. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I want to change my answer. No, I'll keep my answer. 
Okay. I've gone with 174. I've gone with 219. The winner of round one is Ollie. God. Back, back from the dead. An uh, Istanbul situation. Outrageous. I am absolutely destroyed. It's fine. There's two more rounds left. Goat. He's showing me, right, for those on oh, the audio, no, I, I, he's I, I, showing me his jumper, that. which says goat on. So I'm going to show him my T-shirt, which a friend bought me when they went to Israel, uh, which has some Hebrew on it. It says chokers. <laughs> NFC championship game and no further. That's what that says in Hebrew. <laughs> um, Ryan two mixes it up a wee bit. We're going to look at career touchdowns for quarterbacks. Okay. And Tom, we're, you're, so basically we're, we're going to take turns. Okay. So uh, Tom, you're going to go first. Tom Brady, higher or lower than 650 career touchdowns? Higher. It's lower. It's six four eight, right? Six hundred. I have six hundred and twenty-seven. Okay. As of week three this season, now you're you're scaring okay. me there. Now I was literally <laughs> sitting for two hours today trying to get this right. I thought that was an eight. Sorry. No, all good. All good. Uh, okay, all good. Plenty of time. Carson Wentz, uh, higher or lower than one hundred and thirty-five? Higher. Who is this? Me. This is for Tomboy. Sorry, oh, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go fast. Yeah, I was going to go for higher as well. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's it would be so funny if that had been lower. Sneaky high volume touchdown throw Carson Wentz because he gets the ball so often because he stinks. He keeps giving <laughs> keeps giving picks away. So, so I've got one so far. One out of two. Go on. Then. Uh, yeah, I'm just just gonna go with Tom just to start off with Kirk Cousins. Uh, higher or lower than 232 career touchdowns? Oh, that's tricky. Something's telling me it's higher, Mike. I'm gonna I'm gonna back Kirk, which is something nobody should ever do. Higher. Yeah, he probably shouldn't have backed him, mate. It's oh, 228. So uh, <sighs> sorry about that. Uh, okay, two more left in this round before we go to the Conley Meister. I'm never using that word ever again. Cam Newton, higher or lower than 170 career touchdowns. Now oh, I had higher. to throw in a guy that hasn't played in a while. Higher. Yeah, it's one nine four. I thought you struggled with that one nine four. No, okay. come on! I know my Cam Newton said and nobody this is, ever. This is a beezer. Remember, like the first few weeks, Ollie was like, "Oh, these, these questions." Trey Lance higher or lower <laughs> than six touchdowns in the NFL so far? Like as of week three, I, I could be. Can I ask a question just to, that could help Tom out. Is this just throwing touchdowns, or did you do all all touchdowns? Any career touchdowns for for, okay. for the quarterback? Okay, higher. No. no, it's lower. It's five. <laughs> right, so I got two out of five. Tom got two, and it's now time that for bad. Oliver Conley. I well, well, we'll soon find out. If I mean, <laughs> if if Ollie gets the flavor, we're just going to move on to the final round. Um, Aaron Rodgers higher or lower than four four five? Higher. Yeah, yeah four five three. So well done, Matthew Stafford. Higher or lower than three hundred and sixty? Ooh, that's a good one. That's tough. That's right in the sweet spot because they stink. But <laughs> Andy played for the Lions for years. He's been, he's been playing for a long time, Ollie. Thing, yeah, he's played. He played for so many shitty Lions teams, but he was throwing the ball like fifty times a game. Uh, I'm still, I'm still gonna go lower. Oh my god, it is lower. How did he get that? <laughs> 
I hate you, Oliver Connolly. <laughs> Three hundred and twenty-seven touchdowns he's he's completed in his career so far. Should um, be, that should be more. Go on. It, should, it, it seems like it should be more. But we'll give Ollie the point. <laughs> he get Jim Bob cooted in the middle of his career. Remember when Jim Bob ran the offense? Uh, like, Jim Bob. That's memories. the last seems like, oh, Jim, oh, my God. Uh, Jimmy, from, from Jim Caldwell to Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, nice. higher or lower than 70 touchdowns so far in his career? Hmm. Provided he won two Super Bowl oh, wow. rings and didn't play for how many years? Um, Ooh. Tough, Ollie. That's a tough one, mate. It's this is a match point situation in tennis. 70 is right. Yeah, but he's, essentially he's got three match points then, Mike. At, his, at his disposal. Jimmy Garoppolo has thrown 68 touchdown passes, so I'm saying lower. Now, I have 73 here. Okay. And that was from NFL.com, so if they're wrong, just shame checking. on the NFL. But no, Okay, their uh, stats vault is better than my brain. <laughs> man, that was a really good guess. Jeez, um, Mac Jones higher or lower than twenty five? Now I give him Trey Lance. I had to give you Mac Jones as the big Patriots fan that you are, my friend. That's a great one, Mike. I love it. My, I'm, I think this might be my favorite quiz so far that you've done uh, because it's I haven't really... slept all week, mate. I've literally been doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, shit. I'm going. I'm going lower. Oh my god, he's done it. He's won. Oh, oh, he's won the whole game. For, like, come on, man. There's one more round. I mean, right. Let's do the last round because I want to try and get some pride back. And honestly, lads, this week's Irish segment is going to last about thirty seconds because you won't believe me, and you'll tell me I can't talk about it. Uh, right, Tom. Let's go with you first. Now, this is wide receiver. Sorry, it's it's mainly. Yeah, I think it's all wide receivers. It's both pass and rush. So total touchdowns in their career so far. Cooper Cup, higher or lower than 45 touchdowns? Lower. Yes, correct. God, yes. Jared Goff of it all. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't get this, we're ending the show right here, right now. Oh, Randall Cobb. Oh, God. Randall higher Cobb. or lower than 55? <laughs> Randall Cobb. I, I mean, mm-hmm. if it, in his best season, he may be caught, I don't know, 11, 12. Randall Cobb? Yeah. I reckon he had a season where he caught that many. Ollie's Googling it now. <laughs> no, I'm panicking if he's Googling. <laughs> How many? Sure. Was, what was the line? Uh, higher or lower than 55, I think I said. Higher. 56? Yes. Wow. He had a 12-touchdown season in 2014. In your face, Connolly. In amongst all the ones and the threes, the 12. Wow. Come on, I've got two for two two in this round. Keep me going, Mike. Feed it to me. Feed it to me. AJ Brown, higher or lower than 29 touchdowns in his career? AJ Brown, lower. 27. I am Polly. I'm on fire, mate. You're in I'm trouble, fire. son. CD Lamb, higher or lower than 14 touchdowns? CD Lamb. Jeez. I like these early ones because they're quite hard. You know, some of DVD man myself, to be honest with you. <laughs> that's br- I'm, go- I'm going with. Jeez, I'm, I'm going with lower again. What did I say? 15? 16? I can't remember. Whatever it was. 
you're right. You're right. It's thirteen. He actually got it right. Hold on. Four for four, Ollie. Let's get him completely, complete, complete. Finally, <laughs> Michael Aloysius Evans higher or lower than seventy touchdowns? Seventy. Mm. That's, That's a lot of touchdowns. Touchdowns. But like lower. he's been in the league for ages, hasn't he? I don't like care. Lower. Yeah, he's been in the league for ages playing with Blaine Gabbert. But then, lower. He, then he got then he got Tom Brady. He's I have 76 here, lads. Oh, oh. for Christ's sake. <laughs> right, Ollie, the goal that has been laid down. How many did he get with Brady the last two it seasons? It must have been, I think that first season must have just been electric because people must be batting him every week. He's home for half the season. I just typed in Ollie's face when I said 76 was like a memeable content. <laughs> <laughs> this okay. is fine. <laughs> Final, finally, ah, uh, Ollie. That first Brady season. Oh my word! The second Jesus. Yeah, Tom Brady's good, guys. Just, just, just uh, breaking well, news. Um, Oliver, Stefan <laughs> Diggs higher or lower than fifty-four? Lower. Yep. <laughs> 52. The pressure's on, Ollie, because you know, you're the expert, so you need to win all three rounds. If I win one, that's embarrassing for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Uh, How many do I need to actually win the whole thing? You need to get get all five right here to win this whole thing. How does that make sense? Oh, we cut off one round. Tom Tom got four. Uh, So there's there's three rounds. So you won the first two rounds, Mm -hmm. and then this final round of like career touchdowns, Tom scored four. And now you're on to your second one. So if you win this yeah. round, then you've won the oh, whole thing. Saying, okay. But you've you won know, the whole you, thing anyway. You know, just... You've never done a quiz, Ollie. You don't pay attention. <laughs> he's just, he's quizzing the quiz master, which I think is good practice. Um, Debo, higher or lower than 20 sleep? Now you said it was passing and catching total. touchdowns. Total touchdowns. Okay, 23 higher. I've got 22 here, but if you do want to check that, feel free. Because I, I thought that myself and it was I was well I'll just check to make sure it was both rush mm-hmm. and uh, passing touchdowns, but I've got twenty I've got twenty two here. So yeah. I mean he didn't have a high volume for it. he scored like seventeen or something mad last season. It's the only time he's really scored a touchdown. So um okay, Tyreek, higher or lower than seventy two. Wow. That's a lot. That is a lot of touchdowns. Throw me now for Mike Evans to just suddenly dunk a fourteen touchdown season on your head after having threes and fours, and then getting to seventy just kind of like, you know, over time. I'm gonna go higher. It's sixty nine. Ah, I know sixty nine. It was good instinct. There was the Brady effect. The Brady effect. So um. I have to say, can we just do this every week? Because this has been great. Crack, lads. Uh, you know t- what? If we can't think of a new original one each week, we will just do this because it's so much fun. But next week, we'll do like the 1975 season and like oh, yardage and stuff. And uh, here, lads, good crack. And uh, thank you as always for letting me participate in this broadcast. It's uh, the highlight of my week. It's always a pleasure to have you, Mike, and a great quiz once again. If you've got any ideas out there listening for a quiz that you want us to replicate in NFL format, then hit us up, mcfquestions at gmail.com. Please, please do. And you can always um, find us on Twitter at Ollie Connolly, uh, at the underscore Tommy underscore more, and at Michael underscore NFL for Stereo Mike. Let's uh, flick it over now, Ollie, to a little taste of Ireland. So... A little taste of Ireland this week, my good chum, Stereo Mike. What have you got for us? Uh, Diaditch, which means hello in Irish. Uh, and then you say Diaz Meredith, which means, oh, thank you, I think. I'll double check that and come back to you next week. <laughs> Diaz um, Meredith. 
I always yeah. say it with a French accent. <laughs> the necessary part. I've never heard of that. If I knew that, whenever I was studying Irish at school, uh, I right, mean, uh, what might be borderline offensive hand movement? I can't, I can't tell. <laughs> Bietz <laughs> Meredith. What was it? Uh, so Dia Ditch, or apparently people like there's people. If ever start to go, they said Dia Wit, and I'm like Dia Ditch. D I S B S D U I T. So imagine you... like the word ditch. Yeah. And like Dia Dia Ditch. Yeah, Dia Ditch. Not Jamaican though. Give me a taste of Ireland. I want a taste of it, Mike. It just means hello. It's simple. Right. Anyway. Okay. Um, the great thing about up here is, well, not not up here, because this is the, this is not, you know, that is the whole different conversation. Anyway, there is a postal strike in the UK this week, isn't there, on Friday and Saturday. And there isn't in the Republic of Ireland. Now, bear with me. This is going somewhere. The postal service, clearly, lads, for obvious reasons, in the Republic of Ireland is not called Royal Mail. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's called Unpost which basically just means the post. Um, well, it makes sense. Why... <laughs> just, just say how it is, man. The say how it is. The right, so imagine, like, it's, just, it's obviously the same as, the, same as the, the, the UK. You can go in and get your money out, yada, yada, yada. Well, you've probably seen this, and this would have done really well in the segment in the show whenever it first launched again. In January, I think, or just before January of this year, um, in Carlo, in the Republic of Ireland, um, two men brought their uncle, to the post office uh, to collect his pension. Ollie's already laughing. <laughs> Can't even do this, honestly. <laughs> Basically, they lift, tried to lift his pension and the pensioner <laughs> was dead and they were propping him up <laughs> and they were found out. It was and they left the old man. <laughs> I shouldn't be how, laughing at them. Mike, how dead was he? Oh, oh like he was dead. Weeks. It was like a fortnight. It was whenever the next pension payment comes, which was yeah. every two or three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. But he said, um, so the guy that was caught said, I'm not an idiot to walk into Hosey's, I'm presuming Hosey's is the post office, with a dead man and collect his money. Um, he's now the talk of the town and he says, why would I want to rob my uncle? I'm 40 years of age, yeah. I'm not a child. I'm not an idiot. I'm like, cuckoo, I'm not. Now, I, can I just say, that is not a element of our country. We, we do not bring dead people into the post office. But uh, like the pensions. Uh, I just, I still refuse to believe it. But yes, uh, an interesting tale, probably not as fun as the chocolate or the potatoes that we talked about before, but um, at least our postal service is not going on strike. And I know that if, people that if, are going on strike uh, are going on strike for the right reasons. If he was, thanks for that political statement there, Mike. If he was dead, though, the guy, his his nephew wasn't really robbing him, though, I suppose, Ollie, was he? Because he's dead. The system, he's not- maybe? He's robbing the system, yeah, Mike, yeah, I'd say, robbing, yeah. He's robbing the system. Um, he's robbing the man, some would suggest. Um, I'm fine with that then. Prop up as many dead, but, no, dead people he, as you he want. Is, he is robbing him in the sense that th- that pension will be pulled into a pot for his, the inheritance, right? And the guy may have wanted it to go to an animal charity. We don't know this guy's reasoning. He just died. Who knows? He's and then robbed him of, he, he's robbed <laughs> him of his dignity. That's the only <laughs> he thing he's robbed him of. <laughs> What was he dressed as when he went when they carried him to the the post office? All, you know? all it said with Angarda Shirkana, who is the police in in the Republic, it just said that they just propped him up, and I, I'm not sure what he was wearing. If he oh, was this wearing is, a jacket, this is what I think. if you were to go into the post, so what's it called? The post? So it's just and post. post and post. So a A N, which just means the space the, post. The post and, and post. Uh, so if you were to go into go, if you were to go into and post with your dead uncle to collect his pension. How would you try to mask both the scent 
and the clear visual ticks that this man well, is dead. you'd go right? overboard you'd go overboard to make him look youthful so you put him like tennis shorts and like a, a t-shirt with you know like a jumper over the shoulder oh like yeah like a low roger federer tennis cap monogrammed um and Shades, obviously you'd, you'd fill his pants with potpourri just to make sure that he smelt all right uh, and then when you got there you would give the cashier the uh, no you give the cashier like a bunch of actually you put a mask on him that's a good idea actually you give the cashier like a bunch of flowers mm-hmm. that you'd sprayed with terps or something to really you know cover <laughs> cover the smell not bad giving a lot of thought interesting um, I'm not sure how much the state, the state pension is in, in the Republic, but just for people listening in, in England or the UK in general, uh, Universal Credit is about 75 a week, isn't it? It's yeah. 220 euro a week in the Republic. So I can understand for a start why they would go in and lift all the cash. Well, you know, someone was dead, so it probably wasn't a good thing. But as we say, gas crack, mad crack. And uh, mad crack. next week, next mad week we're going to talk about the Rosa Tree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna ask you quickly before do we have what do we have listeners questions before we go? Well, I think we've got to round it. We've got no questions this week, so you can okay. ask me whatever you want, Ollie. So speaking of mad cracks, have you been following this chess scandal? No. Fill me in because it sounds interesting. I'll be mindful with your words. So there's a there's a, currently a scandal embroiling the chess kingdom. Uh king is it would it be a kingdom? Well, it's a nice way of putting it because there is a king on the board, but I don't literally think it, it it constitutes the requirements to be called a kingdom. The number one tennis player in the world lost. Did you see this, Magnus Carlsen? He's yes. quite as famous tennis players, famous chess players go. He's the most famous of the lot. He lost to some guy who used to be bad and is now good. Um, he was very unhappy with the loss, and there was an insinuation of cheating. And then he rescheduled. He scheduled a rematch with the guy one on one. This is my understanding. The facts could be wrong. I don't care. Um, don't DM me with chess things. I don't care. Um, <laughs> he, he DM at Ollie Connolly every he, chess move you can get. Every especially on a Sunday. <laughs> scheduled a one on one rematch with the guy. All right, and then made one move and instantly resigned which is a wonderful move. It's almost like a glove slap, I imagine, in, in chess to make a power move and then walk away. The, the the claim being made, Magnus Carlsen has now come out and said that he does believe there's been cheating. That's why he doesn't want to play with this guy. This guy has in the past, at the age of 14, confessed to cheating. But he says he no longer cheats. He did that when he was young, online, never in person. The, the, the accusation being made is that the young gentleman, whose name I will uh, I will pull up now, has been using what one would call um, some kind of erotic bead in the area they are typically used in with some kind of buzz and Morse code system that tells him what exact moves to make and that a friend elsewhere is buzzing into him through anal beads the exact move after processing on a computer simulator the exact right move needed to beat Magnus Carlsen. So suppose you could do like, because every square is labeled like A, mm-hmm. one, two, three, like numbers. You could buzz the horizontal, the, the letter, and then pause and then buzz the the number. And, and then that would tell you where the piece was. And then you'd do another one that would tell you where to move the piece. Mm-hmm. That's an awful lot of stimulation to be receiving, Ollie, at once. Uh, I'm sorry. And I read... Um, Oh, oh, how to tiptoe around this subject, Oliver, without going too far. Oh, this is a challenge that I think is is probably the hardest that we've ever faced on the Moore and Connolly show in all our history. 
is there not with that much buzzing depending on the depth of the article in question a high potential for an explosive situation i would imagine so um now magnus carlson my understanding is he's so good that he knows within like three or four moves he's lost so we're not talking about one of these long-term hour-long you know two professors battling it out over squares he's so gifted that within three moves he's like yeah i'm and he kind of like is like that's a wrap now what's interesting that magnus said <laughs> if, if he's that if he's that gifted on it why did he in the first place he had this hilarious statement that he put out there where he said that it's the most self-glorifying statement and i get it you know he's the best chess player or whatever in the world probably pretty smart but he said that he knows he's cheating because only like four or five people in the world could make the moves this guy's making and he's basically not smart enough to make the moves he's making <laughs> It's like, it's, that's the equivalent, though, of like Harry Maguire getting the ball the first time he's got it in a game, and I wouldn't put it past him, is to smash it into his own net and then, come on, lads, let's f***ing go. <laughs> that's the equivalent yeah. of that. Yeah, we're not beating these Italians, lads. Let's just yeah, forget it. about it. Let's go home. Come on. Uh, the, um... I don't know what to say, Ollie. Mike, do you have any thoughts? The only thing I was going to say, and I'm glad you asked me, mate, was um, I'm realising that we're producing the show over the World Cup and you are both England fans. And I can't wait because it's going to be an absolute <laughs> And I can't wait to produce the show those four weeks or in England's case, 10 to 14 days. The okay. final part of the chess story, Tom, that I have to tell you. <laughs> Tom, that... Tom looks rich. I'm sorry. sorry <laughs> that is fun. Um, so Magnus made all these claims about uh, the guy, you know, he's basically saying you're not intelligent enough to make the moves you're making, which is hilarious. Quite an quite uh, accusation. You were saying that the guy must be so stimulated that there would be pretty clear evidence. I'm guessing either auditory or, you know, vibrations, possibly. Magnus said that he knows he's not good enough to make the moves, because the guy was sat there like checked out, like not looking at the board, and then he would just immediately make a move. It's like as well, it'd be like if if you were him, the the, the supposed cheater, and you were trying to kind of maintain your dignity and ensure throughout this whole Morse code process that you didn't go overboard, you'd be really pissed off if every move was like K9. You'd be like, oh, not again. It's another deep move <laughs> on the right-hand side of the board. K9. Where's that going to? H7. Can't you just do a quick, nice A1 to A3? <sighs> anyway, good times. Uh, great oldies. Gem AM. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a wonderful show. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. Uh, please hit us up on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. At Ollie Conley, at Mike underscore NFL, at the underscore Tommy underscore more. Please get in touch with us. Questions, comments, your own conspiracy theories around chess and vibrations or any other sport and any other mode of stimulation that you like. Please do hit us up. MCFSquestions at gmail.com. Ollie, do you want to put some dignity back into this show before we go? No. Okay, I'm good, because I like it when we don't have dignity. That's the way we roll. So it's goodbye from Stereo Mike. Goodbye. It's goodbye from The Godfather. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. Enjoy week four of the NFL. Goodbye.